Welcome to The Beauty of Conflict, a podcast about how to deal with conflict at work, at home, and everywhere else in your life. I'm Susan. And I'm Chris Marie. We run a company called Thrive Inc. And we specialize in conflict resolution, stress management coaching, and building strong, thriving teams and relationships, both in person and virtually. On this podcast, we'll be sharing tips, tools about how to make your team, your relationship, and even you work more effectively. You can find us at thriving.com. That's www.thriveinc.com. Or follow us on LinkedIn at Thrive Inc. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, I'm Chris Marie Campbell. And I'm Susan Clark. And on today's podcast, we have two very special guests. Sue Putnam, who is a senior corporate recruiter for Mod Pizza, and Kellis Borak, who's the general counsel for Archbright. Yes, those are that's their titles and that's the work they do. They all do awesome work. They're also two women who have been to oh, two of our Find Your Mojos, each of them, as well as done our Leadership Equus program in Seattle. And we wanted to have them on today to talk a little bit about Find Your Mojo and how they have incorporated that into their life. And Find Your Mojo in Montana is a four-day, three-night intensive here in Whitefish, Montana, where we put you up at a lovely hotel and we take you out to work with the horses for you to find your leadership and your voice. But we also do some fun, take you out to nice restaurants, you come over to our house, we have some surprises along the way, and it's a really I think a really cool program. And I think you two ladies think it's a really cool program. Well, you know, be honest, but we're hoping that's what you're going to say. So we'll go with that. All right. So welcome to the show today. Yes. And Sue, why don't we start with you? Just tell us a little bit about you, your work, your world, why you came to find your mojo in the, even in the first place, if you're right. Yes, of course. Hi, ladies. Hi. <laughs> My name is Sue Putnam, and I do work at Mod Pizza. I'm the senior corporate recruiter there. For those of you who don't know, Mod, Mod's biggest purpose, pizza is our platform to, to really nurture inclusion, diversity, growth, and the opportunity throughout the communities that we serve. So pizza is just pizza, but we make it so that we can feed people and our purpose. So thanks for letting me plug Mod Pizza there because I just, <laughs> love, <laughs> just love the community and it's and it's really great. It's really a great organization. I have gone to Find Your Mojo twice. And I also partake with Susan in the Seattle leadership. Why? Ooh, lots of lots of reasons why. Do you want me to get into the reasons why now? Or? Well, let's let's have Kellis introduce herself, okay. and then you can yes. kind of be percolating on that. Okay. Excellent. Kellis. Hi there. Hi. So my name is Kellis Borek, and I am Susan said or Chris Marie said I am the general counsel of a company called Archbright, and Archbright is a workplace performance organization. We support employers in the Pacific Northwest. We are a nonprofit and our mission is to help employers large and small with compliance, employee engagement, diversity, equity, inclusion, training, workers comp, all things, all things HR so that the employer can can run the business. So I've been there about 15 years and wow. it's, it's a great organization. It's a great yeah. organization. You yes. both work for stellar organizations. Yes. And you, even Sue, before when you were working for Tara Staffing, that was a great one. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. 
But now, you know, you've convinced me that I may have to go visit Mod Pizza. We yeah. have one. I did not understand their real vision and purpose yet. So I'm excited to hear that. And we've had the privilege of doing some things with Archbright. So we also know how incredibly awesome your business is. So, yes. Yes. So I, like go back in time and... Well, actually, even Kellis, you have kind of a unique idea of your story of how you even found Find Your Mojo in Montana, why you came. <laughs> Can yeah. you say? Yeah. It, so the story, it's really quite, it's kind of a, a nice story now that I look back. So I <laughs> was going to have a milestone birthday. We will keep that. Um, <laughs> you can guess what birthday it was. I'm sure you're I'm sure you're going to guess 10 years younger than what it Absolutely. was. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it was a milestone birthday and I grew up with loving horses and I grew up on Vashon Island, a very rural place. And I wanted to get out of the work stress and try something different to do with horses. So I literally got on the web and started looking around <laughs> and I found Thrive and I found Mojo in Montana. <laughs> I started emailing you at Thrive. I don't know who was responding to me at first. What is this? You know, thinking about this. And that's how I heard about it. And that's how I signed up. And then an even more weirder story is our CEO, Shannon Kavanaugh, who is an amazing woman and is my boss. When I told her I was going to do this, I said, I'm going to take some time off. I'm going to go to Montana. I don't know anybody there. I don't know what this is going to be like, but I'm going to meet these two women and I'm going to go do this thing. She said, I know those two women. <laughs> she had a marketing background and in her company, before she worked for Archbright, she had helped your company thrive, do your branding and your marketing. So she, it, it was, she, came, she came up with our name. Yes. Came right. up with your name, Thrive, right. So it was kismet. It was like, it was <laughs> meant to be. It was meant to be. So that's Absolutely. how I got, that's how I got there my first time. Yeah. I love it. I, love I, it. I have to tell you, Kellis, when you were sharing that story, I was pretty sure you were going to, when you said, and I'll have to tell you a funny story. Yeah. I thought you were going to tell the story of the chickens, <laughs> which at some point we will have to tell, but I think we're going to hold that one. For yeah, I don't know. Just, okay. just for now, we're going to hold it. So just be aware. <laughs> okay. Uh, I wasn't sure if the chickens were going to come up. <laughs> Well, I, if anyone, if we do have any of this video, they will see my face when you said, I'm going to tell a funny story. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would always warn you before I talk about the chicken. <laughs> How about you, Sue? Oh, goodness. I, I actually came to you with my past employer with Tara that was a strategic onsite with Thrive. So we, I was invited to a yearly strategic planning session and the two of you were holding it, were facilitating it. So this was a while back and it was my first invitation to that level of senior leadership. And I was so intimidated and so scared. And as soon as I found out that one of you, I didn't know who had horses. I was like, okay, these are my people, right? I love horses. <laughs> so, and through that process with you guys, it was an excellent exercise and was still a little intimidated because it was intense. It was intense. And I don't know how ready I was for it at that time. But afterwards, reached out to Susan and said, okay, now how can, how can I ride some horses? And she said, well, I'm not sure how you're going to ride horses. However, <laughs> work with some horses and develop your leadership, then I have the program for you. And that's how I went out to find my mojo in Montana. I love it. That's and that's, I think, so crucial because so many people think it, it's riding. And yeah. the horses, it's not riding. It's all on the ground, in a round pen, out in the arena. And it's really using horses as a tool to help you learn more about yourself 
I don't know if I'd call it a tool. Well, that, but that. they're just, you know, I don't like to call the horses a tool, but to actually giving the horses their experience to be, because the one thing when you're, when you're working with horses on the ground, there's no reins, bits, ropes, any of the things we often get to use often when you're riding or working with horses. To control a horse. <laughs> you don't have that in this arena. So you're having a genuine relationship with a species that is different than us. And one that happens to be very good and relies heavily on being able to read body temperature, signals, doesn't know what you're telling yourself in your head, but if you're self-criticizing yourself and you're not present, the horse picks that up. It's like, well, this person isn't even in their body. So, so they are very good at giving you feedback about embodiment. So I would call them, you know, like uh, a co yeah, partners for us yeah. to support you and help you. Partners in the leadership team of uh, Find Your Mojo. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> that? yeah, I agree. And I would actually go as far as to say, I feel like they were mentors to me. Ah, that's there great. You go. That's there a you good go. point. We, had, we brought an executive team out here to work and we had talked about the horses. And one of the gentlemen said, well, I don't know about that horse thing. I thought they were going to like, the horses were going to be like a human whisper. They were going to tell me what to do sort of thing. And, <laughs> and we said, well, <laughs> they, they give you feedback. Actually, Susan, I think, is the human whisperer. She actually helps translate and support you in the arena. Like, what is happening right now with me and this horse? So yeah. It's definitely a dance between, I like that notion of a mentor, because a mentor is just really doing their thing that they do super well and helping you learn how to do it, which I think is something that, you know, horses as leaders, you need to be in your body and you need to have a presence and, and horses are wonderful at helping you understand that and get, and even compassionate about it. People aren't always as compassionate about delivering that message, but horses generally are. Yeah. So that's cool. Absolutely. A horse can tell when you're not being authentic, if you're not in your body or you're tense or you're, you're not being, you know, transparent, they know. They know. And, and and you taught me as the human risk whisperer Susan, <laughs> several times to read the cue that the horse was giving me. I didn't even know I was sending the, the signals that I was right. sending. So I love that, Kellis, because I think so often in business, we try to look a certain way. So we almost are trained to be inauthentic because I got to look like I have it all together. Yeah. I'm on, I'm in charge. And so that you'll like me and I'll be successful and I'll get promoted. And and so, but what we know, humans actually recognize, just like horses do, that when we actually drop in and are more authentic, we influence more people. People connect to us more. There's right. there's that human mm, that we're we more, really more approachable. We, you know, you give a shadow of the leader that you want to be. And I think you're going to get better team engagement if you can be real. And the horses, they <laughs> will catch you in it if you're not real. They, 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 don't, they, don't, they don't lie. I, they do not lie. They do not let you get away with it. And it's very odd because I went there thinking, I'm going to ride a horse. Oh, this is all about <laughs> just like Sue, you know, but never interacted with a horse that way in my entire life. And it's a whole new level, a whole new level of connection with horses who, who I've grown up with and I adore. So whole new respect. They have a really great like BS meter. Can we say that? <laughs> yes, yeah. you can say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They really yeah. do. And as a, as a leader, what I think probably the, my biggest takeaway from my time, my time with the horses and of course the translation uh, from Chris Murray and Susan is, is that in order to be a really great effective leader, you really need to learn to listen 
and understand that everybody on your team is so very different and they're going to react to the way that you are approaching them in a very different way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that has really changed my way of leadership where I just have been able to recognize that, Oh, um, there's some body language going on in here that maybe what I'm, how I'm showing up right now is not the best, you know, and just sort of self check. Mm -hmm. And that was probably my biggest, I have many takeaways from my times with them, but that's probably my biggest that. Yeah, Uh, that's pretty, you know, powerful, powerful. So, you know, I also was thinking because you both did come, you know, with that idea that you were going to ride horses or whatever. And I think, Sue, if I remember right, you even you have horses and you were saying, you know, you did not have even that kind of relationship with your horse at that time. And you, right. it's shifted some of the way you have since. I mean, you continue to ride and enjoy that, but it sounded like made some shifts even there. Like Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And even more so like being able to teach other people when they show up to take a lesson and a horse that I know rather well acts differently than normal. I can immediately say to my student, like, hey, take a deep breath, just relax, <laughs> right? And that, that horse will come rocking right up to you, right? Yeah. It's pretty cool. So true. Yeah. And it, you know, really, people are the same. We don't, you know, if, yeah. if, if, if as a leader, I say that, you know, if Chris Marie notices me doing something and she says, Susan, take a breath. Usually people are way more responsive to me <laughs> when I've <laughs> right. got my, my intensity face on where I'm not, you know, and it, a lot of it, I wasn't aware that I was even doing what I was doing that might have been getting in my way of having the conversation I wanted to have. So, you know, so. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> I mean, so, for so. me, when I first started, Susan took me out working with the horses and I was in the arena with several horses and I have no, so I'm not like you two. I did not grow up around horses. <laughs> You know, my family, they kind of did some riding, but I didn't. And I had some bad experience with horses running away with me. So I go into the arena and there's several horses. I think there's like four or five and they come up to me and I was like pinned up against like, oh my God, they're going to, they're going to eat me, which horses aren't going to eat you. But, (laughs) and Susan was like, put your arms up, like make yourself bigger And, you know, it took me, I was like, oh, inching my arms up. And then she said, no, really step into your hips and your feet and make yourself bigger. And when I did that, you know, I embodied myself more and the horses were like, whoa, okay. And the parallel that she helped me understand in my life is, oh, I let people break my boundaries all the time ask me for too much and I don't say no and I'm working really hard and the to be able to say no that won't work for me you know like here I am was a really powerful shift and and I I have a felt sense of it in my body so I can translate it in the relationships that I'm in and I don't know if you either of you have the stories around that whole boundary setting related to horses in the arena when you came to find your mojo you don't have to have that (laughs) I definitely had the opposite. I think I could speak to the opposite feeling because I was very comfortable with horses ah. um, and was excited to get to touch them and smell them and be around them that I think I was the one who came in and they were like, whoa, lady, that energy is too much. Get away from me. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Which in translation, yes, that has happened <laughs> in many a meetings where I am overly excited about something in either a good way or a bad way. And I come into that meeting and people are like, oh dear, here she is. (laughs) That's too funny. I was actually thinking of a situation with you with one of those horses where you were probably a little more like, I am ready to play. And the horse was like, 
whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so, in Seattle, you, right? Yes, in Seattle. Seattle. Yes. 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 And definitely told me, hey, yeah, hey you, know. you need to take a step back, lady. <laughs> Chill out, lady. <laughs> but then you did. And it was a whole different experience once yeah. you got, okay, wait a minute. I have all this energy. I can have it over here. I just don't need to. <laughs> You send it yeah. all over there. <laughs> Give the horse in space. Yeah. <laughs> Kellis, what were some of your takeaways in coming to, because like the first time you came, that was pretty, I remember a pretty powerful shift, but what would you say? <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't really anything I, I was expecting. I didn't, I only really knew from what I'd read. I'd read some of the testimonials on Thrive about other people that had experienced it. I didn't know anybody. So, and I'd never been to, Montana. So I came with a pretty open mind. And when I first got to experience one of the horses, Susan took me early the day before the, can't remember how it worked out. I came in a little bit early or something. So you took you me wanted, You wanted a little extra. Private time with you. Yes. And which is it okay if I tell a chicken yes. story? Yeah, the chicken story is coming. <laughs> so I've never met Susan. You're just a delight, super polite, <laughs> but kind of very businesslike, very professional. And so you were doing this, explaining a lot of things to me. You took me into the, the pen and you're trying to have a very serious conversation with me. There's a Pinto out in the, in the middle of the pen named Dancer. What's it? What was the? Sky Dancer. Sky Dancer. Sky Dancer. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like focused on the horse. I can't wait to go up to this horse. And you <laughs> He's like, wait, got to move this chair and got to get the gate this way. And, and you be careful. You're, you're very safe. There's a lot of safety in Mojo, Montana, even though we have a lot of fun. But then <laughs> these herd of chickens that they were a bunch of baby chickens, like there must have been a dozen of them. And they kept going into the pen into the <laughs> kept herding them back. And you were trying to keep your composure while you herded all these chickens. And <laughs> was the first 10 minutes I met you ever. And I, I was just standing there kind of watching. And, uh, oh, there's a chicken over there. You missed that one. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was, in the moment, I felt kind of bad for you because I didn't know, I couldn't catch those chickens. But uh, you finally got it under control and the chickens were <laughs> What's so funny about that is it's like, so, I mean, there's always something at the ranch we go to. There can always be various animals have shown up. <laughs> and, you know, even my story with horses, it wasn't like I was grew up comfortable with horses. I was so intrigued by my own experience and what I learned. And, you know, so I, you know, wanted you to have this experience. And all of a sudden there were these other animals there, which, of course, I did. I was a model of the worst type of leadership because I was totally out of my And I think I did finally have to just take a breath and say, okay, this is not going the way. I was right. I mean, it was such a distraction and you were trying really hard to stay on point. Like when you're giving a presentation and there's, there's a distraction, you know, and you're, they're you're doing construction focused. Right. Yeah. I thought you, I thought you handled it really well. And, and, only later that night, I think over a glass of wine, did you know, did we actually just have a really good laugh about it? And, <laughs> yeah, and here did. it is four years later, we're still having laughs about it. So oh, yeah, I know. it's a good Chicken. thing. <laughs> but, uh, one thing I will say very quickly about that experience, then I got to have the opportunity to, to do some play, which I had never done with a horse. And that was new for me. And in my role as a, a lawyer, a leader, I often... I just, you know, I'm always having to kind of give the hard answer and 
find a solution and stay really focused. And it's hard for me sometimes to really just just be. And so you gave me that opportunity with the horses. And that first day that I got to play with Sky Dancer, mm-hmm. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. It was like playing with a giant Labrador retriever. I mean, <laughs> literally, I had no reins. I had nothing. He was chasing me around. I would chase him back. I would get down on my like almost on all fours and he'd look at me. I mean, we were playing and that I'd never done that. And oh. I, I just I couldn't believe it. It was it was a very amazing experience. I'll never forget it. Well, Kellis, you know, you are in so many photos. Well, you and Sue both, but you came so alive. Yeah. The shift from from even your seriousness, which I and I think you were even experiencing a bit of burnout by the time you showed up. Is it true? Yeah. yeah. Yes. And you just came alive and playful and funny and connecting. And, and you met these women and connected. You didn't yeah. know anybody when you came. And it was no. just. Sue so, and I are still friends. I know. Right? <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And Sue, the hula hoops we did, the ball, you, you know, it's amazing. Yeah. It, yeah. It, I mean, there's serious time that we had a lot of serious moments and some good work we did too. But mm-hmm. those times where I could just play and run around in the pasture or, you know, dance around with the horses or, or dance in the morning, you guys, it was really hard for me to dance, but I did. <laughs> I did dance. <laughs> Don't scare them off. (laughs) It's really fun. We do stretch you outside of your comfort zone. That's for sure. Yeah. To support you, embodying you. I mean, that would be interesting. Like, Sue, you've made mention, you know, how it shows up, like when your your energy's too big. How do you translate this or how have there been ways that you've been able to go, oh, I've had this felt sense experience before. And be able to, like I was saying, you know, with the boundaries, like, oh, I have a felt sense of being in my body and saying, hey, that won't work for me. Where before I couldn't even say that to people. So just different examples. Yeah, I think for recognizing, and again, Susan helped me recognize the feeling in my body when I know something's off. And it's like a, it goes into my gut, right? It's a warm feeling in the gut. And I know something is not right. And Mm -hmm. so just self-awareness, they taught me look how quickly things can turn around. Like, like the horse we're talking about in Seattle, where I just came in, like, let's do this, you know? And that horse was like, no, no, you have lost your mind. And (laughs) just, just to be able to like go, okay, I have to shift myself and take a deep breath and take a moment. And I have to just have to think to myself, like, why am I here? Why am I, why is my energy level so high? Right. Or, what am I so anxious about? I'm not going to get fired if I give this presentation and it goes south. It's going to be okay, right? Like just being able to self-reflect on how I'm feeling and take a deep breath and realize it's going to be fine. We're going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. I love that, Sue, developing that sense of presence with yourself to kind of calm what is, you know, the part of you that's anxious and then also bringing in that larger presence to kind of settle in. I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Because I think so often we think, oh my gosh, I'm going to get in trouble. Something bad yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get a talking to after this. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, I think, our little kid talk that believes yeah, that. It is you know? definitely our little kid. Yes. Definitely yeah. our little kid. Yeah. yeah. I, w- I was thinking about that experience, Sue, with you, with the horse, because my my story of that moment, and again, you know, what we one thing to know is horses aren't really storytellers. So this may not have been the horse's story, but watching that horse had a lot of anxiety anyway, already. And yours, what 
your energy level was high and like too much for the the horse. And I think about that and I think about how often if I'm anxious and then I don't pay attention to the fact that maybe I'm working with someone who's even more anxious than me. Like back at the office. Yeah, back at the office or wherever. It just escalates versus, you know, even if, like you said, if I'm going out there to speak or I'm going out there to do something, it's like, okay, I always joke, I always say, at least someone should be home in this equation. So maybe it should be me if I'm the one who's supposed to be leading it or something like, but because sometimes you do get that mirror back of, in that case, I think the horse was more anxious than you. And as soon as you realized that your excitement was like, oh, that's just speed, you settled. And that tended to give the horse permission to to run its energy out. And, but you weren't making it about you. You know, you were like, okay, I'm going to, you were going to settle. And so often that's sometimes what we need to do. And we, you know, the world is spinning around us and it's like, okay, well, I don't know if I can stop them from being upset, but let me settle. And then maybe that will shift the dynamic, you know, uh, at least least I'm present. I've been fortunate enough to be around horses quite a bit now and from a different lens because of you guys and what I've learned. But, you know, now I am around horses who are not always feeling comfortable in their, in their environment. They're brand new to a barn or they're nervous about something, or they have a a past that who knows, you know, and I've been able to take that energy and go, okay, this horse needs me to really be in myself and just relaxed because that's what this horse needs. Right. And don't you think that's the same thing at work? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That is so, you know, powerful, Sue. Very powerful. Yeah, I've seen, I've really seen great. you at work, Sue. You you have a gift. Yes, you do. <laughs> oh, at the at the horse park. At oh, the she's so sweet. When when she rode with me, you guys, she fell off. I'm not that great of a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> but you must have stayed calm. <laughs> and I came back. I, and she came back and did it again. I fell off again. Uh, but I- and did you fall off again? Oh yeah. Oh no. <laughs> Two times, but. See? <laughs> but I, I'm still coming back. Good. Okay. It's all okay. Good. It's all good. We'll just we'll just Safety slow first. our roll a little bit. Yep, yep. <laughs> there we go. Tell us how about you? Are there ways that you've integrated it in your working world, or at least you know the impact to you, any or any takeaways that you want to share? I think in uh, sort of to align with Sue's thoughts about kind of, I tend to be maybe a little tentative at times, and I'm looking to obviously. I want to say the right thing. I want to give the right advice. I want to make sure that, you know, I'm helping whatever, if it's Archbright or it's one of our members that they can trust in me. I want to be their trusted advisor. And frankly, you can practice law for 35 years like I have, and you frankly can't know everything. But mm-hmm. a lot of times you you would certainly not necessarily want somebody to know you didn't know everything. So um, <laughs> I'm giving away all my secrets now. Um, <laughs> So what I take from my interactions with the horses on actually even more the second trip, the second trip, I really got a lot deeper into the more serious impact of working with the horses and really, really asking some really tough questions of myself and with your prodding and with your encouragement, being much more vulnerable. And at the, at the session we did in Seattle too, I Mm -hmm. definitely was more vulnerable. So I think that I've taken back to work and mostly that people will react to you 
depending on the signals that you're giving them. I mean, this is sort of an obvious thing. The horse is the same thing. The signal you give the horse, they're going to react to you that way. So if I can go into that arena with the horse, with some calmness and confidence and not being tentative or such, I, I got a much different reaction from the horse than going in when I was feeling like I was, I had to perform. I had to be a certain way. You know, the horse in Seattle here that I worked with was, she was anxious and, and remember she was, she mm-hmm. was kind of active and <laughs> don't want, I don't want to say too much, but, and you guided me to go in there and I was, I approached her wrong. I really approached her, I think, in not appropriate at the very beginning and in just my body language and you know, my heart was kind of beating fast and I, I really just wanted to comfort her. I really was like, oh, she's, I want to comfort her. I want her to be my friend. But I, I went at it, I went at kind of way too much in her face and you helped me, you helped me dial it back. And eventually she calmed and she walked around that arena with me right next to me. And it was I think that that translates to work in, in all my interactions, whether it's with members, clients, or the team that I manage, or my boss, too. Mm-hmm. I, mean. I was thinking about the role that you play. Like you even said, you often have to deliver, you may have to deliver a tough message. You may be, have to say something that someone isn't going to like. And it's like, how do you still stay in your sense of caring and deliver the tough message but not feel like that, you know, because I think with that horse, even in that scenario, you were trying to get the horse to see how caring you were or how much <laughs> they should like you into. Yeah. And it Please was like, like me. Please like me. <laughs> the, the that's, horse another, that's another fault. That's another whole issue. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. Please like me. Please like me. Or I've got to be right. I've got to be. Both of those are outside of yourself. But if you just come back to I am really clear and right here. I've got the information you need. You got a, you know, something to come up against. Even sometimes that's what someone needs when they're anxious or horse needs, you know. So, and I think you really demonstrated coming back to not be so worried about how they're reacting to what am I delivering? What am I actually delivering? And if you focus on that, then you're more likely to attract their, especially if they're nervous, whether it's a person or a horse. You know? I think it's so easy for me to be focused on you, the quote unquote you, like, oh my gosh, how are you responding to me? Are you going to like me? How do I say this right? And all of that, I'm externally outside of myself versus if I take the time to kind of settle in and you said vulnerable, you know, like feel, okay, right now I am a little anxious, but it's like I'm bringing my energy back inside of me. So I'm not all out there. And then you have some space because I'm not in your business. I'm back (laughs) in my own business. (laughs) You do you and I'll do me. Yeah. That's what the horse is saying. You yeah. do you, I'll do me. Right. You, yeah. you wear you wear the tutu, and I will not wear the tutu. <laughs> I oh, love the tutu. Chris I, really do. <laughs> I know Chris Marie likes the tutu. <laughs> so, I mean, I I know that really the horses are a huge part of what is and what we find to be something we love about doing mojo. And I also just want to say, you know, I, I also know like one. There are various pieces that come up. One, I think, even with Chris Marie, she is very good at coaching mind-body work and how to find that expressive spark and heart, Mm -hmm. whatever it looks like. For you, at that time, the first time you came, Kellis, I think it was play. 
And I've seen it be for you, Chris Marie, the tutu, the expression, <laughs> get in your hips, move. Same with you. I mean, I remember, Sue, with you, there was a whole piece around, I mean, you actually work really well with your hands and you were oh, working right. with the horse. And that was such a powerful demonstration. I don't think you had even realized how much of an important aspect that you could bring that, whether you can touch people or not, but you know, that yeah. idea of if you're in touch with that energy, you are a whole different person than when you're not, you know. Yeah. Does like, that make sense? Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. And that, I mean, that came somewhat with the horses, but I think it came through some of the other pieces that we kind of worked with during the time that we were together, you know. So if you were talking to, I don't know, a manager, a vice president, a CEO, a, a woman, because this is, we're really focusing this on women leaders, tell them why you think they would benefit from coming to find your mojo here in Montana, either one of you. Mm. Mm. That's a good one. Yeah, that is a good <laughs> um, one. There's so many different reasons. It's hard to, to really, cause it's, I don't want to contradict myself, but being somebody who has in the past been sort of suppressed and not knowing how to be my authentic self on a regular basis and in a leadership role, which I think there are more women in that, situation than we want to admit, but being able to go and understand a, how I'm showing up and B why I self-reflecting on why I struggle with certain cues that I would get from certain horses. So for example, there was one horse, I can't remember his name, but he ignored me. Like he did not want anything to do with me. And my first reaction was I need to make him like me. And it was Susan who was like, why? Why is it so important that that horse likes you? You know, it's here and he's playing part of our game. But so what if he doesn't like you? What you still need to get results from somebody who you who you are fearful of or you don't get along with or whatever it is. And so that's something that I think is super important and was super important for me as a leader in a male dominated type of situation where I can easily get intimidated. So that helped a ton because why do I need them to like me, right? As long as we're getting the results we need, who cares? <laughs> I think that's so true with women, women in leadership. We tend to want to have the relationship. I'll be okay if you like me versus the respect. Yes. Getting the respect. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Relational. Yeah. Kellis, what would you say to our listeners out there? Well, I, I would say that this opportunity to spend time with your team in, in Montana and to do a mojo session is it's a gift that your leader could give a new leader or a teammate that would foster all the things we've talked about. You know, they're definitely going to come away learning something more about your management style, your teamwork style, yourself as a person. And in this environment now, especially as we get back to reality, I think it's it'd be such an, an opportunity for self-care for a woman leader to go and meet other women that are in the same boat. I can totally relate with a lot of things Susan tells or Sue tells me and mm -hmm. what you guys have told me. I think it would be a really great opportunity for that uh, teammate to um, or manager, you know, to to see that and really revel in the self-care. There are opportunities for a lot of self-care on this trip. Mm -hmm. And that's something 
I don't know, I don't like to overuse that term, but it's, it's really, I shouldn't underrate it because when you go on a trip, a lot of times you feel like you got to do this, got to run there, do that. You're either at work or you're on a vacation, go look at this or that. It's a whole different kind of getaway. And it's all about you, your growth. <laughs> so it's very fun to pr- just focus on you, focus on you. And there's just no way you won't come home without improving something about your work style or your leadership. You can't escape it. You will come home with learning something. So that's what I would tell my CEO if she would please send me again for a third <laughs> Hey, I did reach out. So maybe I could again. I reach out to her. And I, but only if Sue will go with me for her third time. Okay. <laughs> I'm in. I am in. Okay. Well, this has been so fun. We, of course, adore you and we love having you come out and sharing your experiences with our potential Find Your Mojo women that may come to Montana. Well, that was so much fun having Sue and Kellis on, two amazing women leaders talking about their experiences with Mojo, having joined us twice and hopefully coming a third time. (laughs) I know. And they, you know, they created a great friendship in Sue's second Find Your Mojo and Kellis's first Find Your Mojo. And they've just kind of stayed connected. It's It's amazing. It really is. That's the power of doing a group retreat, meeting new people outside of your original comfort zone. And so if you are a woman leader, and that means, you know, whether you're a solo entrepreneur or a manager or an executive, we encourage you to check out Find Your Mojo in Montana. And how you can do that is you can Google Find Your Mojo, M-O-J-O, in Montana, and we'll pop up. I think we're the only name program name that way. And it is a women's leadership retreat. That's not in the title, but that's really what this is about. And if you want to actually, if you don't know if it's a good fit or you're worried about it, you can give us a shout, send us an email at thrive at thriveinc.com. That's T-H-R-I-V-E at T-H-R-I-V-E-I-N-C.com. And we're happy to spend some time chatting with you about it because most people don't recognize that of our participants, almost all of them have had it either the whole thing covered by their company or a a partial bit of it covered by their company. So don't think that that's not something you can do because it is definitely something you can do. And we hope to see you and hope you consider joining us at Find Your Mojo on Montana in October. And improve your leadership. Yes, Yes, it's October 7th through the 11th here in Whitefish, Montana. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Beauty of Conflict podcast. We know conflict, stress, and uncertainty can be hard to navigate. We want to support you becoming more resilient, able to speak up, and have healthy relationships and business teams that thrive. Connect to us on LinkedIn at Thrive Inc. Learn how we can work with you, your team, or your company at thriveinc.com. That's www.thriveinc.com. We hope you have a peaceful, productive, and beautiful day. Take care.